Again, it's uh, Thursday, January 27th. It's 7:04, and we're listening to KNKRLP 96.1 FM Kohala. And you know, I have to apologize. Last Thursday, uh, leading up to the uh, program, uh, I started sneezing, and my nose was running. It was going on for several days, and I, I informed my doctor, and she said, "Oh, just be on the safe side. Why don't you just stay at home?" get tested and see what the results are. So uh, that happened Thursday morning. And so I had to cancel that show and I, I apologize. Uh, I know we had some great guests uh, for that evening and we had to cancel that, but thank goodness uh, they're understanding. Uh, well, what choice did they have? <laughs> no, but they're very understanding. No, that was a joke. But uh, uh, yeah. And, you know, I, I, I went online to get tested at the Kamehameha Pharmacy, but I had to wait like several days. 
And even when I contacted my Kaiser, Kaiser Medical, I had to wait several days to, but anyway. So I got tested, and it was real quick, you know. You, you just self-test, you get the cotton swab, and she stands there and says, I gotta make sure, she had to make sure that the, the, the cotton pot of the swab was completely buried in my nose. And then I had to go around like 10 times, yeah. And she'd count too, you know, one, <laughs> two. <laughs> and so I went, oh, but this was, uh, you know, you, you wanna sneeze. And so then on my other nostril, I went real fast, one, two, three, four, you know. And uh, then, you know, you put it in the container. Then, hey, it's really quick, like uh, less than two hours or so, they emailed me the results, which was, you know, not detected. So that was good. I know now that I have a, I have a cold. <laughs> so if I know, you know, I'm still kind of stuffy, but that's all right. But anyway, I'm very thankful uh, that Tim Richards is here with us. Aloha. Uh, I don't know if we're working, and I got a text that it's very quiet, Jeff. Are we, do we have to turn up a transmission? I, I don't hear anything. Can you turn up a volume? Oh, for your headphones? Yeah. How's that? Are we there? Uh, can you guys hear me okay? I, we can hear you. Okay. So. <clears throat> your, your headphones on? Um, yeah. I don't think they're on. All right. Yeah. Let's use this one. going on with that i wonder what's going on with that i don't know how's that can you hear yep uh no no turn that one up too can you hear all right yeah can you mic check okay everybody's sounding good okay yeah okay yeah i can hear better now yeah loud enough a little bit louder would be good i think How's that? I'm not hearing you from your mic, so. How's that? Much better. Okay, there you, we go. You can hear? Yep, now it's oh, good. Okay. We can hear you. Okay. Yeah, um, Jeff, thanks again. Um, appreciate being here. And as always, it's bringing in more people from the county and talking story about what we're doing here in our county. Yeah, and uh, we've got a couple of guests here. We do. We have... Sherry Thornton and Jenny Zelko from Helco, or I guess now Hawaiian Electric. And we have uh, the administrator of Mass Transit, John Ando. And I don't know if he's called in yet. Not yet. I haven't seen anything. Okay. Um, well, thank you, Sherry and uh, Jennifer, for coming in. Uh, well, usually thanks for uh, having us again. Yeah, well, you know, uh, usually it's just me and Tim. And uh, you guys kind of brighten up the <laughs> 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 the place. Uh, no offense, then, but you know. <laughs> oh, all, all offense taken. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I thought it'd be a good time to bring in. And oh, Harry, call. Oh, okay, call I think now. we're getting our our administrator in. Anyway, to our listening crowd, uh, we have John Ando, who's the now full-time appointed administrator. Do we have him on? Uh, John, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Oh, there All we right. go. Hey, Terrific, I, John. John, <coughs> thank you very much. I usually blow it on this phone system. I, 
I get lost. But thank you very much for coming on. Tim, you yeah, want to so I was just introducing you, John. And John's our now full-time administrator for Mass Transit. And um, in keeping with tradition of what we've been doing with our county, bringing in the different administrators and directors, uh, I asked John Ando to come in and talk to us about Mass Transit. So, John, why don't you start out by giving us a little bit about your background. And, you know, when you and I got together, you told me about your passion for mass transit. I think we could set the stage of who you are. If you just tell a little bit about you and growing up in mass transit. Yes, definitely. Thank you for having me. So uh, I'm Johnny Ando, and I'm the new mass transit administrator for the mass transit agency for the county of Hawaii. And I come by way of Hawaii from my previous job with the Comet in Columbia, South Carolina, where I was the executive director and CEO there. For the past 21 years, I've been managing small, urban, rural, and large urban transit systems across the United States, and my passion has been related to creating opportunity for people who need to be connected to such, and I've been able to become more of a mobility innovator by bringing in multiple ways of moving people to uh, help with um, sustainability and economic development for for wherever I'm working at. My uh, passion for public transit came from when I was five years old. We had a field trip to our local public transit system in San Jose, California, where I'm from. And I got a chance to meet a planner there who I'm still friends with to this day. And he just basically just showed me during that field trip the excitement about public transit at the time. VTA was constructing a light rail system, so they were expanding beyond buses, so that just made it even more intriguing. And I just remember telling my uh, teacher at the time that one day I want to become the general manager of a transit system. And uh, fast forward to uh, 2000, while I was in college, I was able to run my first rural transit system in Riverbank, California, which is near Modesto. And then from there, I've just grown to other opportunities to lead transit agencies. So I'm so excited to be here in Hawaii to really make a difference with our public transit system. And I'm going to jump in a little bit on this. And <clears throat> when you have someone like John who has the passion for mass transit, you know, this goes back to when he was in grammar school and he dreamed of growing up to run mass transit. It's like people from agriculture, there's a passion there that they're the desire, and that's why I think, John, you are a perfect fit for our county. And so, first of all, again, thanks so much for being on the line. And, uh, John, why don't you just describe for us what you've been working on since you've been here, and then we can talk about the future, talk about the routes and route changes, your equipment, what you're planning on. Just give it, give us a broad overview. So, um, in the last six months, we've done a lot to rebuild the Mass Transit Agency. Uh, we've been in employing technology, such as we're now in the Google Maps, Bing Maps, and we have a partnership with MoveIt, which produces an app, so you can plan your trip utilizing those forums and be able to know where to, where to catch a bus, where it will drop you off, how long it will take you, how much it would cost. Very simple. We also have electronic fare payment which uh, through token transit, and you can also do that through the Move It app, where you can pay for your bus fares uh, on an app. You don't have to, have to fumble with cash or worry about exact change when boarding our buses. 
we've gone through a rebranding effort. We've created a new Helion logo with a new paint scheme that we're going to finally be able to put on the entire fleet. You know, we have green buses, blue buses, gold buses, buses with flowers on them from Maui. So for once, we'll have one cohesive paint scheme that the island can hey, basically now say, hey, that's a Helion bus, and I know that for a fact. Um, we've been able to implement elements of the master plan, including restructuring the entire Helion network. Uh, previously, we had 15 routes, which primarily ran Monday through Saturday, very limited Sunday and evening service. We now have 23 routes, including a new route that goes between Hilo and Kailua Kona via the Daniel K. Nui Highway. We have Sunday service on almost all the routes. We have later evening service in the urban areas of our island, such as in Pahoa, Hilo, and Kailua Kona. We've implemented flex routes in some of the rural areas, Fern Acres, Waimea, and along the Hamakua Coast, where the bus will go off route uh, for a mile, up, up to a mile radius to bring the bus to the people. We are, um, we've enhanced our paratransit program by expanding back to the Pahoa area for those that have disabilities that can't ride traditional fixed route transit. And uh, we've also created and added additional trips on some of our popular lines with consistent frequency. So you, in the urban areas, you'll know that a bus will come by at the minimum every hour. In some cases, it might be every two hours, but it's definitely more frequent than previously when we had buses on these intermittent radical schedules. So it's, it's a way to start bringing um, consistency to the transit system. And we've also employed a network of hubs where you can take circulator routes to these hubs and then transfer to connector routes to get to other areas on the island. Um, particularly, you can now get between Hilo and Kona multiple times throughout the day and still be able to get back the same day. And then lastly, we've connected to all the airports, Waimea, Hilo, and Kailua, Kona. And we have buses going to those airports seven days a week throughout the day, scattered throughout the day. So it actually allows travelers to be able to utilize our system, which is our ultimate goal, that we want to be uh, public transit for all visitors, uh, employees, and our, and our local residents. Hey, John. <clears throat> uh, I want to reemphasize to everybody out there, he's done this in six months. He has been working, and he truly has a passion for what's going on. And these routes that he's talking about, we're talking about express routes. Uh, John, talk a little bit about the express routes for people getting to their work on the west side. Yeah, so we have our Route 80 that goes between Hilo and the South Pahala Resorts via the Hamakua Coast, and that runs nine trips a day. We implemented the new Blue Line Route 2 that goes via Daniel K. Nui Highway and serves the Hilton, Marriott, Four Seasons, Kona Airport, and Kona Commons, and that runs four trips a day, seven days a week. We also have the new red line that connects Hilo with Hawaii Volcanoes National Park, runs five trips a day, basically every three hours, seven days a week. And then we have a new green line that connects from Ka'a, Waimea, to Kailua Kona, and it utilizes uh, the upper road when uh, connecting those destinations. That route runs three trips a day, uh, Monday through Friday. It's geared more towards students that are in 
Waikoloa Village trying to attend schools that are in Kailua Kona, but it also connects Honoka'a residents and Waimea residents to job opportunities in Kailua Kona. Uh, particularly about the blue line, which makes that attractive, is that not only it connects the airports, but it also allows for people who work on either Kilo or Kona to uh, actually commute via this bus and be able to hold a typical eight-to-five job on either side of the island, something that was not possible with the previous system before. So particularly county workers can now live in Kilo and actually do jobs in Kailua Kona, since I understand there's a great need for um, employees to work in some of the Kailua Kona offices of the county, for instance. Well, thanks, John. And <clears throat> so, Jeff, what we're seeing is someone who has a passion for the job, a deep understanding of it's not just sending a bus. It's sending a bus that's going to arrive at a hub at the right time so we can transfer people. And the upgrades that we've been made, um, you know, John mentioned the the paint scheme. This is something that uh, went through a selection process, and, John, you can expand on that. But describe the new paint theme that will be hitting the sides of the buses very shortly? Basically, it uh, focuses on our island color of red. It has the Lehua flower all over it, and the Helion logo is more of a contemporary uh, feel to the logo, featuring the colors of red and green. And it, it basically represents our island. It has our county logo on it, so people know that Helion is a county service. Um, it has a uh, phone number, website, so people who see the buses throughout the uh, island and if they wanted more information about how to reach us, they'll be able to have that information at the tip of their hand. And um, talk about you're working on an app for the bus. Yeah, so the Move It app that we have launched basically is called a Mobility as a Service app. And basically you can plan your trip, you can buy your bus fare, you can also... Uh, unlock high bike stations. High bike is the bike share system in Hilo and Kailua Kona, which we fund and we operate in partnership with PATH, a local nonprofit organization. And uh, you'll be able to, uh, starting uh, next month, book Uber and Lyft rides through this app as well. So basically, this one mobility app can do multiple features. I have a question, John, if I may ask. Sure. Um, well, first of all, my understanding is calling in from Florida. That is correct, yes. I went to uh, an association for commuter transit board of directors. Was, what time is I it there? on that board. It is midnight. It is midnight. <laughs> well, I was just going <laughs> to refer to the dedication <coughs> of... <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, I, I was... I'm thinking like, you know... Uh, it sounds like you, you got these buses all over the place serving the uh, various communities. But I, I was wondering, like, let, let's say I live in Hilo, and I, I, I work at the Monolini Hotel or something like that. Is, and you mentioned getting people to work, et cetera. Uh, how would that work out? Um, <clears throat> particularly, you can take our 80 route or our two blue line route, and those two routes will get you between Hilo and the Manalani Resort Hotel. And, they, and, we, and we have geared those um, route times when serving many of the hotels to employee shift times so that um, 
it, it allows an opportunity for someone to have a job at those places. Could you give me an example of uh, what time would the bus get there, like in the morning, if I started at eight thirty or something? Yeah, let me pull up the schedule here. <laughs> I, I was just trying to, you know, break it down to where uh, our listeners, you know, because I know a lot of them work at the hotels there. So in the case of the Manalani, we're going to look at the Route 80. And, you, and you're saying for someone that works there at 8 in the morning? Yeah, so 8.30, 8.30. 8, 8 they would take... I mean, my question is, they would, they would get there in, in time to start work. Yeah, so if we're getting to Manalani by 8, we have a bus that leaves, it gets there at Manalani at 7.26 in the morning, and it leaves Hilo at 5.05 in the morning. That's outstanding, Tim. Hmm? I mean, that's outstanding. Yeah. You know, you can and, live it. and on those routes, we use our high-seat um Motor coaches with high back seats uh, that recline, they're a bit darker with reading lights, and soon we'll have Wi-Fi on the vehicles for people who may want to uh, utilize that feature, as well as our AVL system, so people can actually see in real time where the buses are. Wow. Uh, outstanding. You know, I, I'm thinking, like, I know people that drive from Hilo to that area yep. to go to work. <laughs> Hey, they drive back and forth. Well, and this is the whole point, and John has the um, the passion to get this done, you know. Um, Sherry and, and Jen, jump into the conversation here, but this has been the point, and when John has come before council <coughs> describing what he's getting done, this is what we need to actually make it. And, and we've talked about this being, uh, John, you brought it up in um, one of your presentations about this actually being an economic driver for our county because we get people to work and we get that whole economic engine moving. Uh, touch on that a little bit. Yeah, and as you know, um, the, many of the jobs that are on the west side are generally filled by uh, residents that live on the east side, generally that are a lower income of nature. So by us creating a system that is robust enough so that they can maintain these higher paying jobs on the west side, they'll be able to get home to address family needs is, is what helps fuel economic uh, development because those resorts won't thrive without employees. And if there's not ample transportation to get them the employees they need, then they can't provide the quality customer service to visitors who uh, spend thousands of dollars on this island to ultimately support all of our efforts of things that we're doing on this island through, through taxes and whatnot. So, Having a, a fully functioning transit system is very important to the business community so that they can get the workers that they need to uh, serve the residents and our visitors. I can see the, uh, the benefit to the worker because I know these guys, they're traveling back and forth and at the price of gas. I mean, you know, it, you know, it, it adds up, but with this bus system that you have in place, what a savings to that worker. That's right. He can use that money 
for other essential needs, you know, and, and I think that that's an economic driver because uh, he has more money, yeah, uh, because he doesn't have to pay all that gas. Uh, you know, it's expensive. Yeah, and that's part of it. Um, you know, John has talked about the enhanced travel experience, I guess I'd call it, on these buses that are set for transit so it's comfort while they're traveling. And he's running some express lines so they get there so there's not the, the milk run where you're stopping everywhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, I guess it was last month, uh, John came before us. And let's talk about, John, the, the um, tariff and what we're actually going to be charging coming up shortly for the, the bus system. So as you know, through this pandemic, uh, people have struggled. Um, businesses have cut back. Uh, low-income residents are having to spend more money for goods and services. And so in order to help spur further improve economic development here and help get people back to work, uh, we're proposing a fare-free initiative for a minimum of two years to where we now can eliminate a, at the minimum, $600 a year cost from a transit user where they can now redirect that money towards shopping, towards other household needs, which helps fuel our economy. Mm-hmm. And also, the other benefit is it also makes it an attractor for resorts and businesses to say, hey, if you want to have a job out here, there is a island-wide transportation system that's free. You don't, you just basically hop on, take a seat, uh, have a relaxing ride, you come do your job at work, and then you can still be able to get home. And you don't have to worry about the stress of driving your car, the expense of gas, insurance, car maintenance or in the case of the transit system, paying that fare. Uh, I'm kind of perplexed. Uh, how, how were you able to do this? Uh, it, it never operated. Uh, it was always in a red, wasn't it? Yeah, well, it by definition, across the nation, <clears throat> most mass transit is heavily subsidized. That's just part of what happens. Uh, but to their question there, we're, we're, we're talking about having the fare waived for the next two years. Um, John has been very aggressive in finding funding. And John, touch on that and tell you, tell um, tell the crowd or the community how we're going to replace that fund because the system still costs money to run. We need funding to run it. But John's been very innovative in finding resources and grants to help fund that. So John, touch on that part. So the nice thing about um federal funds is that you can use it for operational costs in a rural system like ours. And with the CARES Act, the CRISA Act, and the American Rescue Plan Act funding that has been awarded to us, we can use those funds at 100% federal, no local match, to cover our operational costs. In the previous years, we've only generated about $560,000 in fares. That's about less than 2% of our overall revenue stream. The rest of our revenues come from the general excise tax, other federal funds, and other miscellaneous funds that we generate. So at times, it costs us more money to collect the fare than we're actually getting from the passenger. So by utilizing these grants that we've received, we can, in essence, retool our whole fare collection system 
to make it in a manner that makes better sense for the future, and then and use this opportunity to rebuild our ridership credibility with the island residents and um, increase our ridership overall. And another positive thing about utilizing these federal funds is uh, under the Federal Transit Administration rules, when you generate more passenger trips and more passenger miles, that can lead in the formula to bring more federal funds to the state of Hawaii, and we already get 40% of whatever comes to the state of Hawaii. So if we overall increase Hawaii's riders, the state's ridership in transit, that can mean more federal funds for us, which ultimately could continue to cover um, fares into the future. Wow. Like I said, <laughs> John is uh, ringing the bells, I tell you. We, we are really setting our mass transit going forward. And when I was first elected, we had a mass transit master plan put before us. It was a 10-year master plan, approximately $20 million a year. Uh, so long story short, about a $200 million plan. And it stutter step, stutter step. John is actually starting to implement this. And the equipment, there's, we're starting to, to improve that. Um, the reliability of our equipment is going up. And uh, actually, we can touch on some of that right now, John. Talk about the, the changes as we move into, and this will be a transition a bit. Um, we have our diesel buses, but then we're also looking at some electrification and some fuel cells. So talk about those things that you got in the, the works there. So um, collectively, through, over the last few years, uh, we've been pursuing grants, and we have enough grants basically to replace the entire Helion fleet, and we're starting now. Um, as part of those grants that we've received, we've received grants to get diesel buses, diesel hybrid electric buses, battery electric buses, and hydrogen buses. We're going to be getting our first three hydrogen buses later on this year that will operate in the Kailua-Kona area. And we already have a hydrogen station constructed in partnership with the university. And uh, we're doing a retrofit on these three buses now on Oahu. So uh, this will be our hydrogen bus pilot. We're in the process right now in partnership with the County of Maui's Department of Transportation and the County of Kauai Transportation Agency to purchase uh, battery electric buses. Each island will get initially four 35-foot buses, and we also have another grant for one 40-foot electric bus. So we'll be procuring these buses uh, to uh, launch in the Hilo area and the Pahoa area, and that'll give us an opportunity to further test battery electric technology. We also um, are getting uh, three diesel electric, uh, hybrid electric vehicles, which is, uh, these buses were um, in a grant in previous years, and that will, uh, even though it's kind of a bridge to zero emissions technology, it's not pure zero emissions technology, it's definitely a much better engine uh, than having a standard diesel. And then, of course, we do have some grants for some diesel buses. We are working with HSAW to see if we can convert some of those diesel bus grants to battery electric. If we are not successful, however, then by the time those buses are replaced in 2032, we'll be able to purchase zero emission buses going forward so we can meet the uh, mayor's and the governor's proclamation to have a 
100% zero emission bus fleet, at least on our island, by 2035. Oh. Uh, we, we are, uh-huh. we, I, I wanted to add one thing too. Right now we are piloting an electric bus in the Gila area. Our contractor, Roberts Hawaii, uh, provided this bus to us last in 2020. And uh, we've been running it basically on the Hilo route just to get people excited that battery electric is coming. Uh, just offhand, John, uh, do you experience any problems with uh, finding uh, drivers to uh, for, for all of these buses? Not at all. Um, Robert Hawaii, who's our contractor that operates the Helion system, um, they've been doing a good job in recruitment and retention of drivers. Um, our mayor recently just did a video to help um, get people excited about wanting to drive the new Helion. So we're hoping that uh, that video will um, continue to help us in recruitment efforts so we can continue to deliver the services that we're um, advertising. Well, this is really exciting, Tim. I mean, it, this is outstanding. Uh, you know, and I agree. Every time John comes before council, the council is energized because we have someone who is truly excited about the mass transit, and he's embracing the the mass transit master plan that we approved and implementing it. And, John, you talked about being zero emission by 2035. We have uh, Helco in the, um, the station with us tonight, and the plan for the Big Island, jumping in here, Sherry and Jen, but uh, isn't the plan for zero emission for our power grid by 2030, isn't that the good jump in yep. talk about Yeah, that. thanks so much. And actually, John, I, I just wanted to say we haven't been able to to meet in person and my mic was hot. I didn't realize that. And I, I said, wow, because as you were explaining this really complete mass transit transformation, I think for all of us who have called Hawaii our home forever, this is really about quality of life. And when you talk about... Um, Probably one of the biggest challenges that that sets us apart from other islands has really been on the transportation. So um, just kudos to you. I'm so thankful and grateful. I know so many other folks are. And Tim has uh, just um, uh, really talked you up. And it it makes sense just listening to you uh, and and your background. Um, And I think really what uh, John is talking about is when we talk about decarbonizing the economy, you know, you're really talking about decarbonizing not just the energy sector, but the transportation side. And um, I think this is really uh, exciting. I, I did want to mention um, that we've been working uh, with the, uh, John's team as far as looking at both the Hilo and Kona base yards, uh, Tim and Jeff, making sure the infrastructure is in place for that. Uh, in February, we're actually on um, track to launch the Charge Up eBus pilot. This is a $4.2 million uh, pilot, which allows us to assume some of the costs of the infrastructure um, for charging up buses. And so I think that's something that we can work with John and his team. And I think that's really um, something that we're excited about. Thanks, Jen. And <clears throat> this is, as we go through all of this, Uh, I'm always very mindful of the cost of getting things done. But what we have before us is a plan to address that. And so this is what excites me. 
And, um, and you guys, <laughs> anybody listening to John, this guy is passionate about mass transit. As a kid, he wanted to grow up and be mass transit. Love he used that to story. play being a mass transit administrator. So this is the kind of people we need. And Hawaii County is very fortunate to have this guy at the helm. This is really great. Uh, any other questions, Jeff, you got? Yeah, I, I want to share with you, John. Um, I'm really impressed by the service of your drivers. Uh, if I could share a, sh- a short story with you. My, uh, we were taking care of my mother-in-law, and she had uh, dementia. And oh. she always wanted to go home. Her home is in Pauwila, Malka. And, you know, one of the things that was always in her mind was, I want to go home. I want to go home, you know, and be independent. Well, couldn't because, uh, you know, she could leave the stove on or something. And so she lived with us, and uh, one day, uh, you know, mid-morning, we got a call, and it was from my brother-in-law. And he said, what the heck is my mother doing walking up the road to the house in Pauwilo? My gosh, she went out to the Koala Hospital where the bus picks up the people, yeah. got on the bus, and it took her to Waimea. And she must have asked, and they told her what bus to get on that goes to Hilo. And on the way to Hilo, she asked the bus driver, oh, drop me off at Powilo store. And she started to walk home. Oh. I mean... Yeah, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. it, it may sound like a joke, it may sound funny, no, but these guys were, you know, providing a service there to this uh, elderly woman mm-hmm. who wanted to get home. Yeah. And uh, I just want to share that story with you that the, these drivers, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you got some great drivers out there that, you know, concerned for the people. Oh, that's sweet. Well, and it's going to take a, a bridge between the technology John's describing and then the guys driving the bus that can just take care of people that won't have the technology. I mean, I struggle enough myself. <laughs> you know. And so, I mean, I, like I said, I, I, this is a shining star in the county right now. Um, John's in a phenomenal. And, Jeff, I did want to touch on something. You know, we're trying something a little bit new. I know we're on the radio here. We're streaming live from KNKR. And then oh, yeah. my office is trying to stream this as well through our Facebook. And so... I think we have great uh, listeners out there. Just to let them know that if you have questions, you can you can Facebook the message in, and they will get to us, and we can answer those questions. So again, we're trying to get communications out and use some of this technology uh, again because it's a great story, and this yeah. is a great talk story. You no, know, thanks for bringing it up, Tim, because uh, we got one phone line. Oh. And we've got John on it, so yeah. nobody can call in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's why. You know, uh, also, well, if you go on Facebook, yeah? Yeah. Uh, you can ask your questions there. And Tim's yeah. got his little yeah. gizmo here. It's I have staff there. They're watching, the staff looking for uh, questions. Yeah. So um, if you have any questions, come up. But, you know, this is kind of a logical place to transition over. And Jenny mentioned about the um, working with mass transit as far as putting the infrastructure this has been a concern and it's actually been a concern almost as long as i've been in office uh talking about that infrastructure because we have the the electric buses need i think it's 440 volt and is it 100 amp uh, circuits that we need so it's a substantial amount of power and i this is where Helco is stepping up to the plate and helping us make sure that as we transition to these buses, 
we have that infrastructure in place to use that. And John, I don't know if you've looked into, but is that induction charging, is that something you're going to be looking at doing? And for, for the actually explain induction charging to the community, John. So induction charging is basically where you can have a place, like at a, like at a transit hub, and then you have the induction plate on the bus, and then the bus can sit on this plate and rapidly charge and get um, basically ha- over half its energy within um, 10, 15 minutes of just taking like a, a, a layover break. So um, with, with the induction charging, we have been in discussions with a vendor about it. Right now, we are waiting for, for it to be a standardized uh, product so that when multiple bus manufacturers uh, install this equipment on their buses, it could be universal. Right now, inductive charge is not universal, so there are some bus manufacturers that are not willing to even sell the product on their buses. But they anticipate, my understanding, that it should be standardized uh, through the standardization process in the spring, uh, late spring, early summer of 2022. So I, I can see many transit operators jumping in on on this technology. Wave and through Ampli is a is a vendor that particularly has this product, for instance. And f- for the <clears throat> the community, the best way to explain induction charging in your house right now, many of our cell phones have induction charging. And when you just set your phone on that charger, not plug it into anything, that is induction charging. We can do the same thing with buses. Um, moving on to that one, as we, again, trans- transition over, John, you had mentioned the Hydrogen buses, those are going to be hydrogen fuel cell, or are they going to be operating on hydrogen gas? Which one are those going to be? They're going to be hydrogen fuel cell. And um, some of the benefits with that, as I understand, that'll help increase the range, because that's one of the concerns for the just the true electric buses. Isn't that the case? That, that is correct. And that's how we're kind of do, um, taking a different approach with this pilot, doing um, the hydrogen in Kailua Kona, and then the battery electric in Hilo, where we'll have the infrastructure. Uh, as we learn how those buses operate in those urban areas, then the next path is to figure out how do we start getting these buses to go between those urban areas, such as up Daniel K. Nui Highway along the Amakua Coast, uh, down towards Ocean View and Pahala, and then even from Ocean View up the Kona side uh, to the South Pahala Resort. And uh, once we're able to strategically have the appropriate infrastructure, hydrogen, or charging facilities throughout the island, then we can start expanding those buses to those routes that help us get to that 100% zero emissions bus fleet. I want to make sure we do this strategically and correct so we don't have a situation where we have buses breaking down all over the place because we don't have the infrastructure in the right location. So one of our things we'll be doing is that basically a transition plan on how we're going to strategically launch their emissions so it's uh, very effective. Well, and that's the thing, John. Again, your, your planning and your execution have been just stellar. So really looking forward to the as this thing continues to roll out and evolve. Great. Thank you. I was kind of lost. You know, you're talking about, uh, like, uh, powering up these these, these buses, yeah, where mm-hmm. they could have a, some sort of station where they could power up again. 
who, who provide that power? And that's the conversation that I've actually been having with Helco and um, talked with John. I met with John. Um, the cost of infrastructure is is um, notable, especially when it comes to putting in these different charging stations. The question is, how do we afford that? And who's going to own them? Who's going to service them? Because it's not just installation. We have to maintain them. And Jenny or, or um, Sherry, I don't know if you want to add anything on that. Just a couple of quick uh, notes. I think it goes back to that charge-up uh, e-bus pilot that we're going to start in February, um, which really is about putting in the infrastructure from the utility side, so not necessarily the charger itself, because there are various manufacturers of those chargers, but making sure that the infrastructure from the utility is there so that when they want to put the charger in, at the Hilo or Kona or, or wherever the, the, um, they decide to install them, that the power is available there. But I also wanted to comment, I think John um, and their plan, that this mass transit plan that really includes both hydrogen, EV, and then the hybrid buses um, is really the correct action for Hawaii Island. It's not just long distances, but we do have high elevation changes yeah. here. Um, unlike some of the other islands. And so I think I always equate it to renewable energy resources. It's better to have various diverse resources. It makes you more resilient. And the same thing, I think, on the transportation side. Yeah. There are various solutions. They don't need to compete with each other. I think they all work together to really make this work for Hawaii Island. Yeah, I yeah and, it's, and I'm glad you actually brought that up, too, because... Um, We've engaged the Center for the Transportation and the Environment, CTE, where they're doing a lot of route modeling. And I believe they may have been in contact with Hawaiian Electric in relation to that effort so that we can ensure we fully understand the elevation changes and how much potential battery power we can get from some of these buses with maximum load or when air conditioning heaters are being used so that we know when we have to get the bus back to be charged. It's a lot bigger question than just plugging in a bus. And, you know, the um, <clears throat> what Jenny pointed out, and as John as well, it's not just distance, but it's elevation. Because you, you go over the Daniel K. Inouye Highway, you go from sea level up to, I think it's about 7,000 feet, then back yeah. down to sea level. And that is a huge demand on any electric vehicle. So that's where perhaps the hybrid will find a real niche or the fuel cell because those are, again, zero emission. Well, the hybrid is not zero emission, but the fuel cell is. However, um, it has more energy. It's more energy dense. So it's a different technology, but again, looking to strive for that zero emission. And one of the great things about the Big Island is our power grid right now is, what is it running, Jenny, about 60% renewable? Almost 60% renewable. Um, and... I think which is really a model for uh, the state and I think for so many other places. I think it's something we should be really um, proud of as residents of Hawaii Island. Yeah, we've um, embraced it. The state has a mandate to be zero emission by 2045, and we're going to be 15 years ahead of the state because we're going to hit it by 2030. Right. You know, I'm your average listener. <laughs> so when you're talking about elevation... It's the amount of energy that's that's required to take to go to point A up to Mauna Kea, let's say. Yeah. We're, we're talking about the amount of energy that's expended. Right. I thought 
somehow the elevation has something to do with out of the hydrogen cells or, <laughs> 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 or something like that. But okay. Yeah, yeah, I, simple, as, you know? yeah <laughs> as John mentioned, uh, there was that third-party study done specifically for Hawaii Island that talked about those transportation challenges. And of course, we live here, so we know the distant challenges, but it's really also that elevation change. Um, yeah, it's not a flat surface. Right, and, you know, right. Easy going, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, hope they fix the bridge soon. <laughs> We're working on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're talking the Kole Kole Bridge. <laughs> 13 tons. <laughs> yeah, 13 tons. Uh, yeah, I think, John, your buses are, they don't cross the Kole Kole Bridge, do they? You had to reroute? Um, we initially did, but we were able to work with ASOC to get uh, an exemption for buses up to 37,000 gross vehicle weight rating, which allows us to cross the Kole Kole Bridge. Okay, yeah, so you're just right at that limit, so just a touch over, so, okay. All right. Yeah, and then all the other bigger Roberts buses that we use on some of the other Helion routes, they either use Daniel K. Nui Highway, or they will uh, stay in West Hawaii and operate on routes that are, like, going between Ocean View and the South Kahala Resorts, or between Hilo and Ocean View. Do you have, like, a... Uh Let's say the West Hawaii area, is there like a base yard there, or you just have one base yard in Hilo? Right now we have the one base yard in Hilo. We do have grant funds to purchase land and design a base yard in Kailua Kona. So we are actually going to be going through that effort later on this year. So Robert Hawaii right now provides basically the buses in West Hawaii, and we use um, county-owned bus, county buses in East Hawaii. Oh, thank you. Yeah, the, um, that was another thing that John did was kind of realign the bus usage and try and regionalize it so it made more economic sense. It, 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 like I said, the, the evolution of our mass transit has just been phenomenal, and we are gaining great strides. Very, very unusual for government. We're doing it quickly. So this is actually a great thing. Yeah. Um, hey, John, we've got about... Nine minutes left. Is there anything else you want to share with the listeners uh, here in Kohala? Yeah, you know, um, I would like everyone to at least take an opportunity to give Helion a try, uh, the new system. Um, we have more coming. Uh, we're going to be uh, launching a van pool program in partnership with Commute with Enterprise, and these will be vans that will say Helion Van Pool on them, and we'll subsidize them for commuters who want to work like at the resorts or the MacNut farms or major employers where it doesn't make sense to necessarily have a bus route provide that trip. All that a person would need to do is form a commuting group of 5 to 15 people, um, set the fare on what that would be. We'll kick in $500 towards the cost of that van. They set the schedule, and away, and away the, the van group goes. Um, we're going to be a partnership with listed Uber to include them in our shared ride program so that we can increase that program island-wide. We're going to be looking at developing what is called microtransit in the Kau and the Puna district areas, where we have these large subdivisions, where it can be four or five miles just to get from the subdivision to the highway. They'll be able to use these little vans using either an app or calling in for a ride 
and then the van will pick up the person, connect them to our transit hub, where they can then have access to regular traditional transit to get anywhere else on the island. Okay. And then continuing to add more technology just to make transit attractive and easy to use. You know, uh, what really touches uh, my heart here is, uh, well, I guess because of my age, <laughs> I, I'm really concerned about senior members of our community yeah. and yeah. the uh, inability to get around. But, you know, with this system, uh, it would be very simple for them to get to point A to point B or wherever they need to go. Yeah. John, talk about that um, one mile off of the corridor, that program and your uh, basically Kapuna lift is what it is, using both Uber and Lyft to get them to the bus So to take care That's of that. Great. So touch on that real quick, John. Yeah, so our seniors' population have multiple ways they can get around. If they have a disability where they can't ride the traditional bus, we have our paratransit program in Hilo, Kailua, Kona, and the Puna District that they can utilize. Basically just fill out an application and become eligible, and then we'll have a door-to-door van service. We then have a relationship with Hawaii County's Economic Opportunity Council where they'll pick up seniors, persons with disabilities, and low-income riders that live in rural areas away from the bus service and take them to essential services like shopping, medical appointments, pharmacy, hairdresser, um, et cetera. And that service is free, and that, uh, that person could register with HCEOC. And then we have the Shared Ride Taxi, where um, we will subsidize up to nine miles, um, primarily right now it's in the Hilo area, and users can buy coupon books to utilize that service. And once we can include Lyft and Uber into the program, and I also want to restructure the program so that it's, it's, it's truly a shared ride, shared cost experience, where we'll pay up to $12, and then the user pays the difference. And that way they can have more mobility than the current structure where you have to basically come downtown to buy the ticket book, and you're limited to only three taxi cab companies. Right. And that way we can provide more mobility for the seniors. And then lastly, Parks and Recreation, they run a service called Coordinated Services for the Elderly. That's a free service, uh, Monday through Friday, 7.45 to 4.30. And basically by calling them and registering, being 60 and older, they'll also take you to any essential needs that a senior person may need to get to. And it's my goal from meeting with Parks and Rec recently. that we want to promote that service as well as our services collectively so seniors know that there are ways to get around this island, and many of them are for free. And we just need to connect you to the right service um, that can help meet their needs. Hey, John, I want to thank you very much for being on the uh, program this evening. You've given us uh, lots and lots of information, pertinent information. I'm sure uh, our listeners out there appreciate that. And, Tim, thank you for inviting yeah. him. Thank you. And, John, thanks for being on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, mahalo. I, I was going to... Yeah. But uh, the minutes that we have left, I was going to give our, uh, not Helco, what do they call them? Well, now it's Hawaiian Electric. Hawaiian Electric. Anybody who grew up here is still Helco. You can call us whatever you want. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The lovely ladies of Helco. (laughs) Go go ahead. Okay. Yeah, just two quick things. I'm going to actually let Sherry finish off. But because uh, 
Tim and, and Jeff, you've been there from day one. The commission, the Public Utilities Commission, did open up the docket for the microgrid battery storage in North Kohala just this week. So it was perfect timing. Docket is open. We can now commence with the RFP for that battery energy storage system. But I just wanted to make sure I updated you folks as well, and we'll make sure we keep uh, this community updated on that. And then Sherry's going to touch on something really important, which is down power line safety. I think um, it's always important for people to know what to do when there is an emergency. Yeah, thank you. So I just wanted to remind the community that if they do come up on a um, down power line, um, just first off, stay far away, at least 30 feet. Always assume that the line is energized and dangerous. So a down power line touching a fence or guardrail can energize it for several thousand yards and pose a hazard to anyone coming in contact with that line or with the structure. Don't run away. Instead, keep your legs together and shuffle away with both feet on the ground to a safe distance of at least 30 feet. And if by any chance a power line falls on your vehicle, don't get out of the, the vehicle, stay there till someone comes to help, unless of course there is a danger like a fire and you have to get out. And that's when you wanna, you wanna get out by jumping with both feet together, clear the car, clear the vehicle, and then shuffle away. Why shuffle? <laughs> yeah, you, you actually don't want to lift one foot up. You want to oh, keep, keep grounded. Like yeah, yeah, you want to keep, keep grounded. grounded. Oh. And what a lot of folks do is they may touch the car, which is metal. Um, is that? And it's energized, yeah. yeah. So if the, if the power line is touching the car, stay in the car. Stay in the car. Don't get out. No. So what do you do? You just... Don't touch the steering wheel, just sit there or? You can touch the oh. steering wheel, but you do want to stay in the car. We then can ha have somebody come, they de-energize the line, and then you can safely oh. um, come out of your car. You just stay in the yeah. car. And then if it's not touching the car, but the power line's close by, would you shuffle away? You still want to stay away. Oh, As stay Sherry away mentioned, now. it can really energize for quite a way. And oh. so... The best thing to do is stay in your car until the emergency vehicles come and they'll tell you what to do. This was brought up because if you recall this last week, we had some down lines in Kona and there was a down line that went onto a vehicle, had two guys in it and one of them has done work with Helco and he said, hey, we wait, we just wait for people to come and it ended out just and fine. And he was able to safely yep. exit his car, which is great. I, I heard another story where it didn't turn out so well, where I think the power line had touched the fence. Uh, I don't know if it was here, but, uh, yeah, somebody grabbed the fence. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's why, um, you know, we had this thing happen this week. It was a good thing just to remind everybody, if you see it, stay away from it. And help is on the way, but if you have to leave your vehicle, you're supposed to jump so... The rubber tires are keeping it insulated, and that's why if you have to leave, don't, you have to jump away from the vehicle. That's the whole point. But if you can stay in it, that's the safest if thing If you can stay do. in your vehicle that until, be the best. Oh, that, yeah. that would be the best thing. Wow, thank you for this from Is there anything more, Sherry? No, that's all I have. Thank you for having us. Oh, thank you for coming all this way. But you know what, uh, what you just shared, I, I'd never heard of it before. Oh. You know, I never thought about it. 
Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of folks don't, and um, I'm not sure before I joined the utility I thought about it either, but we're really working hard to make sure this information gets out there to the public. So we were appreciative you invited us um, back on. Oh, always <laughs> welcome. It's always a pleasure or to Or did have we you invite here. ourselves? <laughs> either or, it works. Okay. <laughs> you know, but uh, thank you for taking the time to share that with us. No, thank you. It's something uh, I, I never thought about. I just thought, hey, just get out of the car, you know. Right. Yeah, that would be the end. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you. It's it's 8.01, and uh, we've run out of time. But, uh, Tim, I want to thank you again for always bringing interesting guests. Thank you, uh, Jeff. Ja John Ando, uh just the mind blower. Mind blower. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So well, is it still there, John? Or if not, John, I'm, thanks I'm so much. Here, yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we'll catch up more later, John. Yeah. Uh, and that you know, good. wow, great! You, you you put this on Facebook, and uh, good, good. Next time, uh, we'll uh, put that out ahead of time. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Thank you so much, Tim. Thank you, uh, Jennifer. Thank you, Sherry. Thanks so thank much, you, John. Jeff. And uh, we'll you. see you again. Hello, everyone. Yeah. Oh, Aloha. I'm going to say thanks, Amy, for setting this oh. all up. Thanks, Amy. Uh, I was going to ask you Aloha. for a pool, pool update, but, <laughs> but I think Amy knows more than you. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. Uh, <laughs> we, we are working on the um, pool update, and I met with the, the CDP group here yesterday, and we talked about the pool. It's a major rebuild, and so we're looking for funding for that. Yeah, okay. So you guys are searching for funds. Yeah, and yeah. it's going to take $5 million. Yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, it, it's in need of a major overall. Yeah. But thank you, Tim. Thank you all. And I'll see you guys next Thursday, Koala. And until then, be safe, be pono, and aloha. 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 Thanks. Aloha. This is Aloha Country on KNKR LP. 96.1 FM, Kohala.
Your Lord has spirit. 